Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thanks again for being a part of this fun conversation that we get to have. I am I'm so excited right now. We we are talking about our first half of season eight, and that is why this is the season eight halftime show. I'm Phil Dark, your host. And with me is Paul Jobson, and we we get to talk about this first half of just incredible interviews. It was it was full of coaches and also one of the most known and recognized voices in all of soccer. And so if you didn't listen to those episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to them. Otherwise, you might be a little bit, you know, kind of behind the conversation here because we're going to be talking about those episodes and some of the other things we talked about throughout this first half. Before we get into that, Paul, what's up, man? How are you doing? First of all, I hadn't really thought much about the fact that this is season eight. It's crazy to think how many episodes it we've put together and I feel like they just keep getting better and better. And I think this, this half of the season is another example of, of how this has grown and our guests are just some amazing, amazing people over the, the, the time they've been doing this. So it's, it's exciting to jump in here. It was a great last four, one, two, three, yeah, four episodes. I'm losing my mind a little bit, but excited to kind of talk through that a bit and head into the, the next half of the season. But it's been a, an amazing eight seasons here. We're into what about you? I mean, you started this whole thing, like, What's that do to you when you start thinking about the number of episodes you've put together? It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, it it is the second podcast I've done, and to think that I don't know over three hundred episodes of, of different podcasts, and this one we've done a hundred and almost. I think it, this might be one hundred and fourteen, hundred and fifteen. Like just yeah. crazy. I think it's one hundred and fifteen. Yeah. This episode will be, which is yeah. just it's so cool. I mean, and the thing that you talk about all the time that people don't understand for us is I mean, they might understand but because we talk about it is we're learning so much like this is a master class and if you have listened to all these just the the, the wealth of knowledge just this treasure trove of people that we get to talk with and that we get to share I've always said I'd love to share this conversation with the world some you know when I talk to people over over mm-hmm. the years and now we get to do that Right. Yeah. Like, and we get to, we get to share just these, they're fun. Yes. But there's so much wisdom, so much experience that we get to be a part of. And, and you talk about, you know, that we, we do this selfishly in some level <laughs> yeah. so we can learn. Right. And to be able to share it, I I'm just so grateful that there is this medium that we can do this, that we are able to learn, that we're able to put together this leadership these these courses i mean basically is is what it is each episode is giving you experiential expertise that you can take to wherever you are and and we get to do the same and so we get to take it to yeah. our family we get to use i mean i've used so many things from this podcast mm-hmm. in my parenting in my coaching you know i've taken i remember you know we do shout outs after our games and and that was something that you know talked with michelle leonard about early on and that's something that she did with her teams i'm sure i know other people do that but it's not you know it's just right. something that that we get to take these little nuggets and and be able to do it so so yeah, yeah. so I, I i love that you know and even having different people from different sports and learning from those and you know as i as i look 
even this past weekend, we're recording this the day after Super Bowl. And, you know, everyone in the U.S., oh, Super Bowl weekend, that's that's all we think about. In the but it's like just a global weekend of sports. Six Nations rugby's going on. You got the Premier League. You got Europa and Champions League coming up later this week. You know, we got so many different things that we can talk about and learn from. And I think sometimes we, we kind of get caught in our little bubble and what we're doing and how we do it. And we don't venture out of that sometimes. And so, you know, at the end of this episode, we might get to something else. There's a few things we'll, we'll hopefully get to at the end of this to talk about other sports and talk about different ways to get out of your comfort zone, whether that's going and traveling international, whether that's going and playing and watching different sports. Those are all things that we strongly encourage of, of you, not just watching, but playing different sports as well. And that's something we'll get into with these, with these episodes. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, it's something that I, I do think about and I, I get excited about where we're going to go too, because I know some of the episodes that are coming. I know some of the people that we have on tap to interview and I just get, mm -hmm. I get giddy sometimes thinking about like just these conversations that we get to have both because I'm excited to hear what the people have to say. And because I know it will help so many people and both you and I, I know, uh, love to multiply impact, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not just about us and us learning and us doing stuff. In fact, if that was all it was, we'd stop right now, <laughs> uh, but because there's a multiplicative effect, that's that's what gets me going in the morning. Absolutely, awesome. Well, let's jump in. Let's jump in here, Phil. Where where are we starting today on this uh, on this on this show? Well, you know, I I thought we'd just go through the episodes right now. Yep. You know, sometimes yeah. we go through other stuff first, and then but there was such such good stuff. I don't I don't want to run out of time on it. I don't want to feel mm -hmm. pressed at the end to to say, oh well, we'll just hit them hit them real quick again like i said you can go listen to all these in their fullness at how soccer explains leadership.com or wherever you're listening to this podcast just you know scroll down and you'll see these episodes but it started off with carrie sanchez the interesting thing about this this season is that carrie sanchez and keely hagan actually coached together as assistant mm -hmm. coaches under Ange kelly at university of texas which you'll hear a lot about Ange kelly if you listen to those interviews but they also coached against you you know so that was kind of fun here and you know, how you were yelling and screaming all the time and doing all those things. But <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yeah. like to be able to have that, to be able to hear that and, and to know, you know, you saw it firsthand too, that we're not just talking to people who were making stuff up and they're making stuff up, but these are, these are class hacks. These are people who are working really hard to impact their people and for, to, to develop themselves as well, which Take Carrie, for example. One of the things I loved about that interview is just hearing how she went head coach, assistant coach, head coach, right? Not many people do that. Most people get a head coaching job and they stay to stick in head coaching, mm -hmm. but she knew she could learn more. What did you think about that interview with Carrie? And just, you know, I mean, she, there was so much there. We could spend oh, hours yeah. just talking about that. But what did you think about that interview? Well, I think that it, it kind of shows you, you know, we, we talk a lot on this podcast about how you're, you're really never done learning, right? And, 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 if you think you know it all, you're, you're probably washed up, you know? And I think that Carrie put a really good example out there that you just mentioned is that, Hey, it doesn't really matter what your title is necessarily, but where do you think you can plug in the best one to, to, to grow yourself as a leader and a coach? And, and how can you best help a program or a mentor or a friend or whoever it may be? I mean, her and Ange go way back, you know, so there's a, a relationship there and a, an opportunity to, 
to work together with somebody where you know you jive and you can you can build something together. And I think recognizing we'll see this throughout. I think throughout this 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 half a season, we talk a lot about knowing yourself, right? Leading yourself, and I think that's something that that Carrie knows very well is is who she is and what she's about, what her strengths and weaknesses are, and where to look for those opportunities. And I, and I think that that goes throughout the, these four episodes for sure in, in every way. But I think Carrie does a great job of, of kind of identifying those things and finding her place to, to step in and be effective for the programs that she's working for. And now back in the head coaching ranks, you know, she's, she's been there, she's done head coaching before and being reminded sometimes as an assistant, what, what that looks like to support a head coach helps when you're hiring assistant coaches. So it's kind of a loop, I think, as a, as a coach, but you don't see, you mentioned it, you don't see a lot of coaches go back and forth. And some of that's just pride, I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, not, not finding maybe the right opportunities because the title doesn't fit, but the experience that you can gain maybe by being an assistant or associate head coach or something at a program may, may spring you forward faster in the long run. And I think that Carrie's just a very wise person when it comes to navigating, you know, what's going to be best for her. That's, at least that's what I kind of took away from that part of the of the interview. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I and I think on that note, I, some people may be better number twos. They may be better assistant coaches. I mean, a lot of people go, "Oh well, the, of course I have to become an, a head coach someday." I mean, Becca said to me the other day, "Why don't you? Do you, you ever want to be a head coach? Do you ever want to be an athletic director?" And I just go like, "No." I really don't. I mean, I know the admin yeah. that comes along with that. I know, or if I did, I'd have to have someone that was a co or someone who was doing something with me that knew that their their responsibility was all these things that normally are the head coach because I wouldn't, I would burn out real fast. And to know that about yourself and to know that, in, and if you find that head coach that where you work really, really well with together, that could be the best job ever is to be an assistant coach and, and to be able to keep keep doing that long as like you said you jive and as long as you're you're able to to work together at that at that high level and know what each other's roles are and be comfortable in those and to do them do them really really well so i i loved hearing that and and obviously carrie learned under one of the best in the business right anson dorans she got to spend four years playing under him and that was amazing in itself 98 one and one, you know, and fun talking that conversation about the mm-hmm. one loss and the one tie. And but right. just really what was cool about that to me was Anson not focusing on the wins and losses, right? Not focusing on the record. And, you know, I looked back and saw Carla Overbeck. I just kind of looked her up last night because I remember that, you know, Carrie mentioned her as, and as did Amanda Cromwell as one of the best leaders that they ever played with. And that, that name keeps coming up on this. We got to get her on, you know, mm-hmm. but, but hearing that and, and I went back and saw her record, which was also, it was like 95, Oh, and six, you know, yeah. it was, it was just, that wasn't, you know, a unique thing to carry in her four years, you know? And so, but to know that and to see that and to go, no, he focused on, that's not what he was focused on in the locker room. He was focused on playing together, playing as a team, you know, knowing each other, playing for each other. And, you know, what'd you think about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, we talk about that they had a you know, one loss in that season, but I think it was, if I, I don't remember the number exactly, but it was cumulative seasons where they hadn't lost yeah. a game. They hadn't lost it was a four. match. So four, yeah. yeah, four seasons. Yeah, that's right. So it was, I mean, a lot of people affect, not affected, but a lot of people looking at it is like, okay, you were the, she even mentioned that we were the first team to have a loss and, four years, you know, what does that look like? And she, she dives into that a little mm-hmm. bit. And like you mentioned how Anson handles that. And I think, you know, for, for all of us coaches, I think that's a great, 
one great reason to go back and listen to that podcast in its entirety is that that lesson there that we learned from Kerry, you know, through Anson. But, you know, and I I think that there aren't many coaches out there that are going to have that opportunity to go four seasons without a loss. It just doesn't happen as much anymore. But there's there's lessons in that and if and how they handled that. Uh, how do we handle losses, you know, weekly or every other week or, or or whatever? It's you know, handling wins sometimes can can be easy, and you have to be careful in how you handle that. But handling losses, I think, really defines who you are as a coach and who you are as a program. And, and we learn a lot about that North Carolina program just in that conversation with Carrie there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the disc side of things because both her and Keely did that. I'm going to talk about that when we talk about Keely. But uh, I want to I want to weave this into Steve Axtell because Steve is a guy who said in his interview, you know, the X's and O's aren't that important to me. And that, you know, shocked several people. I've actually talked to several people after this, you know, after after releasing that. And they're like, I can't believe you said that. You know, they either play with him or know him or play against him or whatever. And they're like, what what is he even talking about? You know, and we won't get into all the details of it because, you know, I want you to go back and listen to that episode. But that was something that he said that was, I think some of it was provocative. I mean, obviously, he, he doesn't just ignore all tactics or they would be running around with their heads cut off in the field. You know, it would be like, you know, the, the five-year-old's just in a pack. But, you know, I get the point, you know, right? That, yeah. that it's, it's not the focus. And it's something that if we know each other and we know each other well enough to play together, we can play in any formation. We can play with any tactics and we can still, you know, win games. And they are. They're a very successful mm-hmm. program up there at Cortland University. And so, you know, and it's funny. That's the other cool thing about this show is I get to learn about new universities that I've never heard of before that are doing amazing things and playing at incredible levels and coaches who are doing awesome things at these schools and loving it, right? I mean, and and that's something that I really appreciated that interview because he is a leadership culture guy, which is my my love language, right? And mm-hmm. and he is teaching that culture. And so what what did you think about that interview? And then but that particular spot when he talked about that, you know, just basically we don't have a one formation we play. We don't have one, you know, the tactics that we're we're te- we're we're going out there and we're making sure that we have this culture where we will play together. Yeah. To me, quite honestly, Phil, it was, it was refreshing to hear that because it's yeah. it's a little bit of our mentality as coaches. When I say we, I say me and Marcy primarily mm-hmm. is that it wasn't necessarily about the tactics of the game. It was about the tactics off the field. You know, what are mm-hmm. we doing to help create and impress on these young people how to be not just better soccer players, but better people. Now, to be a successful program, you can't ignore the X's and the O's and the tactics and things like that. But you know, I think not being a coach that's so caught up in a system or formation, and that's what I love about our game is that there's not one way to play it, you, right. you know, and I think that the coaches that can adapt to that, you know, see the game a little bit differently. And, and I think that, so for me, it was a little bit refreshing to hear him say, you know, and I knew what he meant when he said it wasn't about the X's and O's. He's not a coach that has one formation or one mentality within the game to say, we're going to play this way. I'm going to recruit players for this type of play. Right. You know, he's recruiting players that probably understand the game as a whole. They're not just players that have grown up playing in one system and that's all they understand or play one position their entire life and, and don't know how to, to, to manipulate the game within the game. And, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in, in approaching the game that way and a lot of flexibility. You know, I think that, if you play one certain way and you're trained that way all the time, you kind of put your eggs in one basket, but some coaches have had a lot of success with that. And so you're not knocking it. And again, that's what I love about our game is that you can, 
you can approach this thing a hundred different ways. And that's what I love about the game. And it probably frustrates me when you find coaches like, this is the way to play. This is (laughs) soccer. That's not soccer. I'm like, who made you soccer God? You know, it's a game, you know, we get to go out there and create the game. It's a, it's a beautiful game because it's creative. It's been created. It's continuing to evolve and create based on the players that are on the field, not because of the coaches on the sideline. That's right. Uh, And the coaches that can really grab that and, and run with it. I'm not going to say they're going to be more successful or not, but I think they're going to enjoy it a little bit more for sure. And being able to put some of that energy into the players themselves and their personalities on and off the field. So for me, that was a long answer, but it was refreshing to hear that because that's kind of how we, we would approach it. We had things we'd like to do that would make us successful, but adaptation, I think is a, a huge piece of piece of our game because anybody can throw anything at you at, at any given time. And your, your players have to be able to, to handle that at the, in a split second on our, on our field. And you can't take a timeout to, to make an adjustment. That's right. Yeah. Now all those things, love all those things. And I, one, the other thing I love is that when you say I, that was a long answer, I go back and look at the, the transcript and I realize my short answers are longer than your long answers. So, <laughs> um, that, that always makes me laugh. And so that, that's yeah. a good example of disc as well that, right. uh, you know, the outgoing like myself tend to talk and, and we don't think we're talking as long and, and vice versa with, with, you. <laughs> um, but, but that no, such good stuff, such good stuff. And, and, and the other thing about that is, you know, you you look at these teams that win World Cup matches and win, like Euro, you look back at Portugal. And I thought it was ironic in this last World Cup that Morocco beat Portugal playing a very defensive counterattacking game because that's how Portugal won the Euros back in 16, yeah. I think it was, right? And, you know, and that a lot of people criticize. That's not soccer. That's not free flow. That's not this. That's They won the Euros. They made it way further than anyone ever expected a team to make Morocco did in the World Cup. Like, there's no way anyone picked them to go that far, except maybe the Moroccans, right? And Mm -hmm. that was a a style that some people say, that's not real soccer. It's like, what do you, like you said, what makes you the soccer? Did they win? Did they score? Did they they fulfill the goal of this game? Yes, they did. And, you know, was it super fun to watch? No, no, not for a lot of the game. But yeah. that's that doesn't it doesn't have to be. So that that's something that I, I love. And that those and by the way, those are tactics. Those are strategies, right? Yeah, like that is. Listen, we're not we're not WWE, <laughs> WWF, where we've got actors that are just paid <laughs> to entertain. Right. You know, your coaches right. are paid to win. Players are paid to win, and, and whatever that tactic has to be to be able to do that. And we're talking about soccer at a high level, right? We're not talking about right. U twelve, dandelion gold buster teams. You know, we're talking about high level teams that are livelihoods are based on success of wins and losses. It's not about entertainment. Now, if you have a team that you love to watch and you're entertained by them, by all means, you have the ability as a, as a viewer, as a lover of soccer of football, global football to be able to do that. And that's, that's a great thing of being a fan. You can, you can pick and choose what you want to watch, but again, we're not, we're not WWE, WWF. Sorry of those who don't realize that that's actually fake. You know, we all grew up <laughs> thinking it was real, but I think we all know it's fake now. They're not entertainers, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's about executing, executing for, for success uh, to win in those moments. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's something that, that it, it, it's, yeah, I, I always go back to those things just as far as, you know, what, what's really important, what's really important. And, and, it, and I'd be careful, Paul, because you said, you know, U12 is not the, my, my son, I think thinks that U12 is the world cup still. So, you know, my, my 11 year old, he's playing like it is. So I'm just. Just say, you know, yeah, you might get some 11 year olds that are getting mad at you for saying that. Hey, I get it. My 13 year old just finished yeah, his yeah. middle school soccer season this last yeah. year. And it was, you know, they went out on a loss and it was tough. 
you know, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm not down, I'm not downplaying <laughs> the ones that are in the moment of it, but as a guy sitting on the sideline, I know, just, putting it into perspective, I'm like, I think we're going to be okay. in the long It, run. it really doesn't you matter. Know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It for matters, us parents, it matters yeah. but we're going to be okay. We're gonna be okay. And, yeah. Especially for the parents, like parents, let's, let's put some perspective in these things. So, you know, we were, it was actually really funny. My, the pastor yesterday at, at church, he was preaching, he was talking about how he as a college student umpire or not umpire, he coached a, um, fourth grade baseball game, you know, mm. when he was, when he was in college and he had some really cool things that he said to the, to the umpire during that game that got him kicked out that were very creative. <laughs> like, Hey, is this your cell phone? Cause you have eight missed calls. I thought that was a really good one. Um, good. you know, things like that. And so it was, it was very, very good. And, and he, it was a good point about don't do that just, just for the record. But anyhow, so the other thing that Steve talked about that was really cool, it's not just, Oh, it's not about the X. What is it about? You know? And that was one of the things I loved is hearing how every year, at his at Cortland with the freshman, he he teaches self leadership at the you know at the next level. He morphs into leading an individual. Leading is very similar to what we do with coaching the bigger game with the coaches. But he's doing that with his players to be able to then by the time they're seniors to be able to be leaders of the team, and they start you know by just as he says as a freshman, you're just trying to figure out college, you're trying to figure out life, and so to not load onto them too much, you know, and be able to have different programs for each level. What'd you think? I thought, I thought that was just super cool. Yeah. I, I think it's something that I like that. He's actually put it into, I had called a system, but he's written it down and created a reference for coaches to, to utilize that. Cause I think it can be very valuable, especially it can be valuable for anybody. I'm not, but I do think for young coaches that are just kind of starting out, especially in the college game or maybe high school coaches, you know, where you've got those different ages and, and stages of players within your system that kind of graduate through. I think that's a, it's an important concept to, to know early on in, in your career. I've seen a lot of coaches kind of stumble on that where you have expectations, unrealistic expectations of certain players just based on their knowledge. We want sometimes players to be, we may believe in a young player and their leadership ability more than they do, but they've not had the experience. And there, there are some stepping stones for some people. And again, it's not cookie cutter. It's not, you know, Every, all people, all things, but I do think it's a, a really good thing for for coaches, especially young coaches just getting into maybe high school or, or the college game to look at. I mean, even even you know professionally, you've got you know your veterans and your rookies, and and what are what are things that can be expected of those different players and and their their current experience level, and it's something that you know as the programs that I'm putting together for you know players that are trying to bridge the gap between that high school club to college, that gap. I think that's something that's very valuable for, for players even to understand maybe what could be expected of them before going in. So I was, I was, I really liked it. I thought it was a really, a really, a really good thing that he had kind of put, put down and, and, and put on paper. Definitely. So go back, definitely listen to that interview, check that out. Listen, you know, if you're intrigued by what we just talked about, you can go into a lot more depth in that interview with Steve Axtell that we did. That was the second episode of this, of this season. The next week we talked with Keely Hagan and there's a lot to, to love about that interview. A couple things I want to talk about there were the fact that, you know, she has going by it's similar i mean not not shocking hopefully on this show that we're going to focus on the leadership and culture kind of side of things but the thing that she has there is the team values with the acronym anchor which i thought was really cool as she says you know the anchor for her is her faith 
And, you know, to have that anchor in each letter means a different thing. You can go through and listen to that interview. The first is accountability and, and kind of down the line. Um, but I know you did similar things at, at Baylor, but what did you think about that interview with, with Keeley in particular, that, that aspect of it? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's always cool to kind of come back. Obviously, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Keeley and I have coached against each other for, for years, the time that she was at University of Texas and I was at, at Baylor. And, um, you know, to see her now in a, in a head coaching role. And, and, and I think she, she was an amazing assistant. She, she knew her role. She did her thing. Uh, but now seeing her as a head coach and seeing her, 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 her head coaching personality come out and see the things that root her and, and give value to what she does. It's really, really cool. And a really important thing. I, I think that coaches know what they're about and that, that they can attract players that have maybe some similar values or understand the values that may be poured in to them over a certain amount of time. And I love what she's doing. You know, I know that that, that is a relatively young program that, that Bill Hempen started a number of years ago after leaving the university of Colorado and got that program started. And then she's come in to kind of take it to, to another level. And I think she'll do that. I mean, she's a great, a great young female coach that is going to do some amazing things from an impact standpoint on that program and on those young women. And I think the steps that she's taken to do that aren't out of nowhere. It comes back from her experience of having mentored under an amazing coach named Ange Kelly and a lot of other folks having gone through the different systems and um, coaches and teams that she's been a part of and experiences that she's just kind of absorbed that are now coming, coming out as a head coach. So some really, really cool things that she talks through in that podcast. Yeah, you know, and she also talked about DISC and and how she's using that. And and I will say, you know, as I'm training up and did the training last summer, a lot of a lot of coaches will do training and and stop. And I say that's that's not going to really incorporate it into your team. Like it can and it won't really use the power of the the tool. You know, it's kind of like getting a power tool and and using it for one purpose and just getting training on it and then not not ever using it. And that's what I feel a lot of people do with a lot of tools, not just disc, but, but she's saying, Hey, let's, let's take this to the next level and really see what we can do with it. And, and being able to, to, to give assignments, being able to do different things. She talks about that in the, in the interview as well. And I, and I just love it. I mean, I absolutely love seeing how, you know, in their first year at the program to be able to do certain things with the girls, be able to get certain things out of them, to be able to go deeper into relationships because of it. I get I get excited about that, you know, when I see that mm -hmm. actually working and her being able to say, yeah, we, we have it on the, you know, on the bench. We have it in our locker room. We, we are using that with the girls and they're using it with each other. They're not using it as a weapon. They're using it as a tool so they can go deeper with each other. They can understand each other better. They can say, oh, on the field, oh, that makes more sense because now I understand that person, you know, and, and I can tell you even as I, I go through with my relationships over the years and go looking back on certain things that may have gone a little sideways and go, oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Never really thought about it that way. And it helps us give grace to people. I think a lot of times when, you know, we, we view it through our lens rather than through their lens. And so that empathy mm -hmm. is something that I saw. And as she said, you know, that's not, I know how she's why that's not necessarily natural, you know, given her wiring. So that's mm -hmm. something that's really cool too, is just to see the, the growth and to be able to see that and to hear it in, in that. So what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, some other things just to, to to highlight about that that you know I would encourage you know obviously anybody to go back, but especially coaches. She talks a, a good bit. We ask her some questions about you know 
what it what it means to be a, a good assistant. You know, what is it? You know, what 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 would you tell yourself when you go back in your assistant days not to miss? Right? Like, what are the things that you really, if you're aspiring to be a head coach, or you're aspiring mm-hmm. to be a great assistant? You kind of mentioned earlier those 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 guys and girls that are just lifetime assistants. That's their role. That's how they, you know, that's where they're at their best. You know. She gives some great, great things, great talking points of, of things from her experience that she thought thought were very valuable. So I encourage our coaches and folks to go back and listen to that. There's a lot of wisdom in, in the things that, that she was saying. Yeah, definitely. And, and also she talks about injuries. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. something that a lot yep. of people need to listen to. She talks about just, you know, I, I, I always, it sounds weird, but I always enjoy people talking about their injuries because it gives perspective and it helps because it's so hard in the moment. I know I have kids. I played. My wife had four knee surgeries, but but you talk to the anybody who's been injured who plays at the high level, they will say I learned so much about myself during that time. Mm-hmm. And I won't say everybody will say that because some people right. might not take advantage of that time to really soul search and go what is my identity? Who am I? What is, what is, what is the point of this? You know, what does it mean to be a teammate? You know, a little preview into the next half of the season, you know, we're going to talk to somebody, you know, that, that was their defining moment. They realized that being, being on a team is, is more than just playing a game and being a teammate is more than that. And I, and I try to, you know, in high school, man, it's hard. Like they get hurt and sometimes they just don't show up for games. Don't show up for practices, and you're like, "What? Well, I didn't know I needed to come." You're still, you're still an important member of this team, whether you can go on that field and play or not. Everyone has a role, so that was something yeah. that you know she she talked through, and you know it's not just her talking about that. Like I said, that that seems to be a common theme in our in our show is just about those injuries and what they can teach about about life, what they can teach about leadership, what they can teach people about identity. Yeah, well, it kind of comes down to that the theme that kind of runs through some of these episodes and even into the next half of the season is adversity. Yeah. You know, we talk a, a bit yeah. about that throughout these episodes. And it, it's not surprising to me that some of these great leaders that we're talking to have embraced, maybe not in the moment, but through over the, the their career, have looked back and embraced those adverse times in their life to say, hey, that, that was really an impactful moment in, in my life and, and really put me on a trajectory to where I am now. And you hear that over and over from, from great leaders. And I think we kind of get in a culture where all we see are the great things that are happening to people. And we think that everything's got to be perfect to have a perfect life. And that's, that's just not reality. That's that social media. That's not reality. You know, the reality is those great leaders have been through some great, maybe some great turmoils or tragedies. And it's, it's, it's about how they've handled that and come through that. And usually not on their own, you know, and I've even said, you know, to players that are injured in high school, I'm glad your first injury wasn't in college. You know, mm-hmm. you have an experience, you've, you've pushed through something, you, you've had you've had some adversity that you've had to push through that's going to make you a better teammate later because you're going to be able to share that ad- adversity, that experience with another player who's going to experience that. So it gives you gives you some wisdom that you can carry on. So definitely a thing that that kind of caught fire a little bit. I think through a few episodes, it'll overlap. I think into the next half of the half of the season, yeah. but that it, we just cannot avoid. I mean, you're not running into problems, right? But you you can't can't run away from from adversity. If you've hit it, you got to keep you got to keep going through it. 
That's right. That's right. So the last episode in this half of the season we had was JP Della Camera. Uh, you know, if you don't know that name, you haven't been watching a lot of a, a lot of soccer on TV over the last four decades or so. Well, you might uh, know his voice if you don't know yes, his name. That's you true. Know? That's very true. So, that's very true. So if you're listening, you're like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's for a good reason. You know, people say to me sometimes, oh, I recognize your voice because I listen to the Well, he's been on a lot more and more important <laughs> high profile. I want to say more important, more high profile things, right? Because some of the right, things we right. talked about are pretty darn important, but more high profile things than we have. But that was one of the, well, what stuck out to you? And then I, I, it might be the same thing that stuck out to me. What was the, what were a couple things or just one thing in that interview that really, really hit you? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, you, I, I rec I know who he is. You know, I recognize yeah. what he's meant to the sport of soccer in the United States mm-hmm. over the over the years. But I, I think what you learn through the podcast is uh well, I guess I'll say it this way. I guess I'm I'm surprised by how much he's learned from the game, having just having been a broadcaster that coordinates with with leadership and the development of his career, you know, and how many how much similarity there is in a lot of other episodes of it is about team. He talks a lot about teamwork. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about, he learned a lot from, from coaches and, and leaders in the environments he was in that, that pushed teamwork and, and how some great, he gives some great points and you go back to the episode to listen to it, but some great words of wisdom that were, you know, given to him to help him along his, his path that had a lot to do with teamwork and, and working yeah. with others. And, you know, I think an, an interesting piece that I pulled away too, is that, you know, being a broadcaster or an announcer, they're not the entertainment. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just telling, kind of telling the story. And I love how he kind of puts some of that and put some things into perspective for me as I'm kind of watching and listening and maybe getting frustrated with some of the newer commentators at times that it, it becomes about something outside of the game. And I think JP done a great job of keeping his broadcast about the game itself. So those were, those were a couple of things, Phil. I don't know. What are some things that hit you about about him? Yeah, you know, I mean, I agree. I mean, in the to, to little teaser, he he was a hockey guy, you know, yeah. and and kind of born and bred in the Northeast and hockey was number one. And how he got into soccer, you can listen to that episode to hear about all that. But like like you said, I mean, I love just the lessons. And and I'm just full disclosure, I wasn't sure where the interview was going to go. I hadn't done a pre-interview conversation with him. I had not had a, I didn't know what he'd say to those answers. And I was so encouraged to hear that, like you said, he has learned a ton about the game. He's learned a ton about, I think, just life and and leadership through broadcasting and through watching, because watching this game, if you study it, and that's what I said, as a student of the game, you can't help to be a better leader. You can't help to be a better, you know, leader of people in with teamwork right and so that's something that i i was super encouraged to hear the one thing though i will say is you know and i won't tell you what game it came from i won't tell you what he said about it but it's super important for me to hear and even what we talked about earlier we joked about i tend to talk a lot and i tend to talk and then think which isn't you know which is very common in outgoing people is we talk and then we think and we talk a lot and it could sometimes just be like verbally just vomiting words out and not not understanding the what happens with them and and you know sometimes we just miss that we've offended people sometimes we take away from like you said take away from games 
Think about the Super Bowl yesterday. That game was, you know, ups and downs and different things going on and different things happening. If the announcer's just talking the whole time and talking through plays, you're like, hey, just stop talking, right? But one of the things he said there was his best call ever was one word. And, and, mm-hmm. and that was something that I'm not going to tell you what it was. You can go back and listen to that episode. But in, in that idea of less is more, oftentimes, less is more. And, you know, let the moment speak for itself. I think, and in doing podcasting is hard because we don't have anything other than that. It's all audio. So if we just sat here and didn't talk for a couple minutes, that wouldn't be very good for people. But silence is sometimes the best thing a commentator can do. As, he, as you said, he, he, he said, my job is to embellish the game, not to take away from it, right? And that, mm-hmm. that's something that I think we can learn a lot about that as coaches in, in locker rooms, on sidelines, after games, at halftime. You know, just sitting there in that moment. Sometimes it doesn't need words. Yeah. So that's yeah, that really was, what uh, I took the most. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. All right, man. Well, that's kind of our rundown of those episodes. Now we're going to go into a few things in this last, you know, few minutes we have in this episode. We got probably one thing we're going to talk about here, and that's and we we'll, we have the post match show to talk about some of the other things we've hit in this first half of the yeah. season. You know, we've talked about different things, and so we will talk about those things. That's the beauty of this. We have time. We will be able totally. to, to to hit on these things. But the one thing I wanted to mention you you had mentioned. Um, International trips and just with with Warrior Way being able to to go, you know, we've talked about this. You, you guys have gone on trips down to Guatemala. I think you're going down on another one here pretty soon, and thinking up different ways for people to get involved. And whether it's going with you or going with someone else, like what what's the reason for that? Like in your mind, what have you learned from that? What have your teams learned from that? How have you you know worked with other people cross culturally, and and what has that taught you? And, you know, I, I don't want to know that you want to speak for people on the ground, but what has that taught you about leadership and what has that taught you about working with others and what do you think others can do as well? Yeah, you know, we've been extremely blessed, you know, to be able to 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 build some relationships in Guatemala and some other parts of the, of the world, quite honestly. But, you know, the, I think the main thing is just you got to get out of your comfort zone. If I could sum it up in two words, it'd be comfort zone. And, and I think that when you you go and you go to experience other cultures and environments. I think it's important to, to do that. Um, and I think that the other piece of it too, is a lot of times you approach an experience like that, what we may call them a mission trip or a service trip. And you're going down, you're just going to, like you're just going to go down and make this huge impact on people in an environment. And nine times out of 10, when people come back, they realize they've been impacted to a greater degree, maybe than the impact they even left in the place that they went to go impact. And that's something that we've learned just over our, our trips is, is that we are impacted so greatly by just the amazing people that we partner with. And, and I think that's a big piece of it too, is it's a partnership. I think that there are a lot of people that miss the boat when they, they go to do these things and they, they're going to go in and go in one time and, and get in and get out. What's the, what's the long-term effect of that? Maybe there's some short-term blessings that are, left on a community. But some of the things that we're trying to do is we're going back to the same communities in Guatemala year after year after year, just to build relationships and work with local partners there to help them empower them and help them do things that they need to do for those communities rather than going in and leaving some stuff and coming back. But to be able to see the impact over time has been really cool. 
but also just the impact we've done to, we've done trips over the years where we've taken college teams. We've taken pieces of different college teams to go down. We've taken families this last trip, this last summer, we had a group of about 26 age range from my youngest, who was five at the time up to someone in our party that was in his, you know, their husband, wife in their seventies, going to down and doing soccer clinics and serving local mm-hmm. communities, delivering food, impacting people, impacting us. And, and I think what we've realized is that we want to be able to, to provide those opportunities for more people. You know, we're going to start doing on our own two trips a year just for, for impact programs that we're, we're creating in, in Guatemala and, and eventually probably Costa Rica and maybe even Honduras with our local partners. But continuing to go down to Guatemala and do that, but also want to invite other groups of people that want to go and help impact the communities that we've already started relationships with, whether that's soccer teams or, you know, just other, other teams of people, groups of people that want to go do that. And we can provide really whatever kind of experience people want to get out of if they want to go serve and play soccer, or if they just want to go serve or whatever they want to do. But there's a, there's a, a a great, probably the impact that you're going to make while you're there is probably not even what you're thinking when you're on your way. You know, some people go, they'll build homes or they'll dig wells or they'll deliver food. But a lot of times the, the major impact that you make is just the relationships while you're there. Yeah. You know, the impact of, of, you know, we go, we go to share Christ and we go to realize that we're, we're usually not in environments where we're using people to a God they don't already know. A lot of times it's, it's about relationship and being encouraging brothers and sisters in Christ while we're there. Yeah. And that's the impact that we, we tend to find. So really cool things we're doing. If, if people are interested, obviously I'd love to love to share what we're doing more in depth. If people want to know, more about it or, or want to look to get a team together to go. It's not something that we're doing to, to, to make a ton of money and get rich off of it. It's very reasonably priced so that people can go and make an impact on people that can really use, use that on, on that, on that end, excuse me, on that end. And also on our end from the United States, the impact that we want to make on our American brothers and sisters too, as we open up opportunities for, for folks to go, and have experiences in some of the parts of the world that we've we've been blessed to to experience. Yeah, the one hundred percent. You can you check it out at warriorwaysoccer.com. You can reach out to Paul and, and Marcy there. You know, contact them there if you're interested at all about that. If you want to go elsewhere in the world and you're interested in going and, and working with other ministries or other organizations around the world, whether it's playing soccer or otherwise. I know people in virtually every country, and if I don't know someone in that country, I know someone who knows someone in that country. So uh, reach out to me. I have my email address in the show notes. You can go check that out. And the one thing I'd say about international trips and and any any cross-cultural trip, really, I mean, you can go to your inner city in your major Mm -hmm. city next to you if you're in the suburbs. The real thing, like you said, it's, it's doing life with people. And, you know, if for a week... You can start relationships that you can continue on. And ideally, like, like Paul said, just continue to, to visit. I mean, obviously it's expensive. It's hard. It's hard for us to get together with our neighbors, let alone people halfway across the world. But if you can, if you can start relationships and then use technology, to continue relationships and realize, you know, how can I understand how I can help you is the same way I would do that with my literal neighbor is I don't just go to my neighbor and go, hey, can I fix your back, you know, your 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 window? Your, I see your window is leaking. Can I fix that? I, I don't have any expertise in that. But I can go, hey, you know, how you doing? What's going on? Have dinner with them. And then if I hear that they need help with leadership, it's like, oh, you know what? I'd love to coach you on that. You know, would you be, you know, would you want me to do that? So that's 
I think if we look at our relationships as every other relationship we have, it would be very different. It would make international trips look a lot different because it would take a lot mm -hmm. more time getting to know them and building relationships and friendships and be able to know within those friendships how we can help. And a lot of times we do do that through soccer. Just That's how you build relationships. You just play together. You hang out together. And so that's what I love about you, what you guys are doing and what I love about a lot of the different, you know, organizations and ministries I'm working with around the world is they are based on sport and play and how can well, we yeah, what you just said way. there and what you realize that I, I, I don't want to be missed and what we're saying is that you go to a culture where there's even a language barrier and you mm -hmm. roll out the ball all of a sudden oh. there's no language barrier and even I, I always tell the story when we were there this summer my five-year-old and my eight-year-old probably did the best job of communicating just by playing mm -hmm. you know they my kids don't speak Spanish and the kids right. we were, they were playing with don't speak English, but they had the best relationships there and they weren't yeah. talking. They were just playing. They were communicating through other ways, but you roll out the ball and you play, you experience joy, you break bread together, you eat together. Those are some of the, the most special times that you find in those, in those environments. And the ball, that little, that little round ball does yeah. a lot to bridge, bridge a lot of gaps between, between cultures. And you really see that in the kids, that people are people yeah. wherever you go, right? Hopes, yep. dreams, fears, you know, struggles, issues, you know, hopefully experiencing joy, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, all those things, that applies wherever you go. So, you know, we, we so often th focus on the differences when the reality is probably 98% of the things in humans are, are similar. And, mm -hmm. you know, and there's some cultural differences, there's some other things, but when you look at the core, it's, it's very similar. So well. On that note, yeah. we are going to wrap up this episode. We could, we could, I mean, I know Paul and I could talk for mm -hmm. hours and hours on that. We will not do that with you, but definitely if you're interested in that, if that's something that piques your interest, reach out to one of us. We could, we could talk your ear off, but we won't necessarily. We'll talk as much as you want to about it. If you won't want your ear talked off, you know, reach out to Paul. But, <laughs> you know, I, in all seriousness, those are something that, that we are so passionate about and we are so, it's so important to us, not just to do that, but to do it right and to do it well. And I, I wouldn't say there's one right way, similar to, to coaching, mm -hmm. but there are wrong ways. And so, yeah. you know, be careful in, in how you do certain things and, and talk to people who know and go with people who know the people already and piggyback mm -hmm. on that trust and relationship. And so if that's with us or with other people, like I said, if you want to go and you're interested in a particular country or you have, you know, relationships that you want to further and you want to know, you know, how can I do that better? You know, just definitely reach out. But with all that we talked about today, you know, go check out warriorwaysoccer.com. You can check out coachingthebiggergame.com. We are, this will release right around when we're launching our first cohort. But if, if you're listening to this and you're interested in getting involved with Coaching the Bigger Game, please reach out and we can get you involved in that first pilot cohort if you're interested and if, and if it's a fit. Um, and again, coachingthebiggergame.com there. Everything we talked about today will be in the show notes. You can go back and listen to all those episodes at HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com. We hope that you're taking all that you're learning from this show and you're using it to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, better leader, better coach, better in all that you do. And you continually remind yourself that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great couple weeks.